Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview Saturday's Kentucky-Tennessee basketball game. It's a 1 o'clock tip-off on ESPN at Rupp Arena. Kentucky comes into the game 3-1 and one in the SEC. Uh, John Calipari's team is coming off a win over Vanderbilt down in Nashville, 78-66 on uh, that was Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. Also on Tuesday night, Tennessee beat South Carolina 66-46. to The Vols are 2-2 two and two in the SEC. Uh, both these teams are ranked in the AP Top 25. It should be an excellent matchup on Saturday at Rupp. And to help me preview the game, I talked with Mike Wilson, who covers Tennessee basketball for the Knoxville News Sentinel, and with Jerry Tipton, who covers basketball for the Herald Leader, Kentucky basketball for the Herald Leader, and Kentucky.com. So, without any any further ado, let's get right to it. First, my conversation with Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel, and then Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader. Okay, my guest now is Mike Wilson, who covers Tennessee athletics, specifically Tennessee basketball for the Knoxville News Sentinel, uh, which the Knoxville News Sentinel does a great job in covering all Tennessee athletics. I have a lot of friends down there. And Mike, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. How things? How are things going? Doing great, yeah. I'm glad I could uh, join. It's a nice little, nice little yearly thing we've got going. That's I feel right. Like I get to do this once a year, so it's always a, always a treat. Yeah, it's great to catch up with you. What about this year for the Tennessee Volunteers? They're two and two coming into the game on Saturday against Kentucky at Rupp. Uh, just what's your overview of how they played so far? Yeah, I think it's a team that that largely is is following the trajectory of last season's team up to this point. Um, started pretty darn well. Uh, had a couple of clunkers in non-conference play uh, against Villanova and Texas Tech, which obviously both of both of whom are pretty tough squads uh, this season. But SEC play has definitely been a, a struggle so far. Um, but yeah, I think Tennessee's all of its losses at this point are to ranked teams. So um, kind of won the games they're supposed to, lost the games that are the harder ones, but I think they're still kind of figuring out exactly what they're going to be this year. When you look at them statistically, especially if you look at them, look at them on Ken Palm, they're ranked number two uh, in the nation in defensive efficiency, but up in the 50s in offensive efficiency. Has, been, has that kind of been the way it's played out? They've had trouble on offense, but they've been very good on defense? Oh, certainly. Yeah, and I think this team has shown it has the ability to be pretty good offensively. Um, they're definitely more reliant on the three-point shot than they have been uh, typically under Rick Barnes. Um, I think last year their season high in a game was 28, and they averaged around that many a game this year, uh, just to, to kind of give a picture of that. But defense is the calling card, um, which has been an impressive thing to me, given that they lost Eve Pons, who was a tremendous defender, shot blocker. Um, but this team's really bought in defensively, and they're playing very well on that end. Who, who who has played well for Tennessee overall so far this year? Who, who are guys that Kentucky fans should pay uh, close attention to on Saturday? Yeah, I think Santiago Vescovi has definitely been the headliner this season. Uh, he's been the most consistent player for Tennessee, and he was a guy through the offseason that his teammates talked a lot about how much he improved and just a lot quicker. Um, and I think he's the guy that, that opposing coaches are really keying on. Uh, when they look at Tennessee and then Kennedy Chandler, who who was a five-star point guard coming in freshman uh, top point guard recruit in the country. He's had some moments of brilliance, but he's also had some, some freshman moments, which, you know, I know the type of things Kentucky fans are familiar with seeing too, with the the volume of highly rated freshmen that come in and just, there's some growing pains in that sometimes. So, but those are kind of the two, Uh, then John Fulkerson's still around. And I know Kentucky fans have, 
interesting memories of him um, <laughs> yes. throughout his career. <laughs> He's what is he 40, 45 years old now? Something like that, right? Yeah, I think he'll be able to rent a car this year. <laughs> That's um, good. That's good. So he, he's, he's getting he's, up there. He's been up and down, right? I've read where uh, read your stories. Uh, Rick Barnes wasn't too happy with him a couple of games ago. Uh, he's had kind of an up and year, up and down sixth year, hadn't he? Yeah, it's it's been a an interesting one. Had a tremendous game against uh, Arizona on December twenty second. I think it was twenty four points, ten rebounds. Um, then got COVID and kind of struggled to to bounce back for a couple games, but looked a little bit more. Uh, like himself, I thought, against South Carolina on Tuesday. But yeah, ten- Tennessee does need him to reach that place where they know if, that they're getting, you know, 10 to 12 points, 6 to 10 rebounds a game from him. That's the, the level of production they do need there. The the other guy that kind of fascinates me about Tennessee is is James, Josiah Jordan James. Mm-hmm. I know he has not shot the ball well. Looked like he shot the ball a little better against South Carolina. How key is he to Tennessee from here on just to have somebody who can make perimeter shots. He's huge. And after the game the other night, um, his teammates and Rick Barnes talked about him still being that X factor for this team. Um, But one of the ways that he remains that is he's probably the best on ball defender this team has and really really does a good job of guarding um, one through four realistically because of his athleticism. He's also one of, if not the best rebounder on the team. So he gives a lot there. Um, but does need to kind of steady out that shooting. Um, he was shooting the ball very well early last season before a wrist injury, um, had a, a ligament injury in one of his fingers on his shooting hand early this year too, and hasn't quite looked the same since that either. But Tennessee needs him to, to be more reliable on the offensive end, but also, and this is what Rick Barnes would say, not let the offensive end affect the other things that he does so well. Yeah. Another guy who I've been interested in, watch, in watching uh, Tennessee play a few times on TV is Ziegler, the kid off the mm-hmm. bench. Kind of seems like an energy guy. Uh, what, what about him? Yeah, he's a fascinating story, man. He uh, he was a guy who looked like he was headed to prep school this year. Tennessee fell in love with him at Peach Jam, and he basically was on campus two weeks later. Um, uh-huh. Committed, signed, ready to go. Um, and his teammates rave about him, just the competitiveness, the toughness. I mean, he's a five foot nine guard from, from New York City that, that plays with the attitude of a guy who's undersized and doubted and is from New York City. Um, so, yeah, just a terrific, terrific kid, player. Um, I think a guy that SEC fan bases are going to hate for four years. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's just got that. Yeah. He's just that guy. You see that that ability where people are going to be so annoyed, uh, and in four years he's going to be that player that people say that guy is still in college. Uh, that that's very much who he is. One of those guys who you like him if he's on your team, but if he's on the yes. other team, everybody hates him. Yeah, a hundred percent. You've seen some of the leagues so far. Uh, what what anything that surprised you in the SEC up to this point? Yeah, LSU plays defense. Uh-huh. The, yeah, the, that. <laughs> to me is um so i I did our our usa today sec preview this year and maybe the dumbest thing i wrote in that um other than thinking arkansas was the third best team in the league the the dumbest thing i wrote yeah whoops um i think the dumbest thing i said was how defense is optional at lsu Uh, because it has been traditionally under will wade but uh i mean that that team is tremendous defensively and that to me has been as surprising as anything um not too surprised by Auburn. I thought Auburn was going to be pretty darn good. I don't know if I thought they were going to be top five good, but 
the way that they're playing is, is really impressive to watch as well. But LSU playing defense to me is the the big surprise in the league. And, and talking about Auburn, a guy that I should have asked you about, it, but now reminds me to ask you about, is a tra- Auburn transfer on Tennessee, mm-hmm. a kid who, from Kentucky and in Powell. Uh, what he, how has he played? How's he played to this point? And I, I read where Rick wants him to shoot the ball more. Is that right? Yeah, it's been an interesting ride, I think, this season for for Justin Powell. Obviously, a guy that's known for being able to shoot the ball very well. Um, but Rick Barnes isn't going to play someone consistently if they're not giving a lot on both ends of the court. And they've wanted more from Justin Powell uh, defensively and hustle plays and rebounding, all of that. Um, but now it's getting to a place where the other night he played 19 minutes and didn't even shoot. And Tennessee offensively needs him to shoot. Um Defense will keep him on the court, but offense is the reason why he's on the court in the first place. Right. So he's he's got to be a guy who, who hunts those shots a little bit more because he has probably the best pure shot on this team. I think Vescovy, Ziegler are, are in that mix too, but uh, Powell's known as a shooter. So that's definitely something they need out of him. What uh, Rick Barnes has had pretty good success against John Calipari since Rick came to Tennessee. The, the two guys are, are big buddies from their days back at the five-star camp. I think Rick is eight and six against John since he came to Knoxville. They've won, I think, three out of the last four in Lexington. Is there any reason for that, uh, you think, or is that just uh, happenstance uh, with the, the way this rivalry has gone? You know, I was thinking back on those games the other day, and and it's it's interesting to me how those games went. I mean, the the one four years ago was a, just a tremendous top flight game that Lamonte Turner hit that three pointer near the end to win, but the other two were just Tennessee put together major comebacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kentucky kind of controlled both of those games for probably twenty twenty five minutes, um, but then just kind of heroic individual performances. Uh, John Fulkerson two years ago, and then the, the freshman last year. Uh, I don't know. There's one thread that goes into it. Uh, I think these teams like playing each other. I think Tennessee certainly wants to bring its best every time they play Kentucky. Uh, and it seems like they've done a pretty good job of that uh, through recent seasons. So what does Tennessee have to do on Saturday to extend the streak? Uh, limit Oscar Sheway to under 20 rebounds, <laughs> if, that's, if that's humanly possible. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that's a matchup that's going to be brutal, I think, for Tennessee. Um, and obviously it's been brutal for just about everybody this season. Uh, not many people have someone like that, let alone know how to stop someone like that. So that, that to me is a, a major thing for there, but also Tennessee getting its three point shooting going. Uh, that's something they haven't really done consistently yet in sec play, uh, and kind of clicking offensively again, uh, to pair with that defense w- would be good, but, yeah, I think Sheway is going to get his. So maybe, uh, maybe limit the damage from the rest of the roster is the best recipe for for teams facing Kentucky. Well, it's interesting you say that about about limiting not being able to limit Sheway. I thought maybe Tennessee might be one of those teams that could maybe because they've got three or four big guys that can run run at him. But you you don't think the matchup is is uh, you think the matchup is definitely tilted Oscar's way. I think Oscar Sheboy has the matchup tilted his way against everyone yeah. uh, based on what I've seen this year. But, I mean, you're right. Tennessee has Rose Plavsic, a seven-footer they can throw in there. Uh, Olivier Kamwa has kind of come on uh, through the past couple weeks. He's about 6'8", 230, 240 range. Hmm. Uh, and John Fulkerson's in the post. But uh, in terms of individual matchups, I mean, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think 
uh, Kentucky's obviously an elite rebounding team, and that's that's not Tennessee's best attribute. Uh, so that's where I think it's a struggle. Yeah. Well, as you said, it's been tough for everybody going up against uh, Oscar this year. He's been a he's definitely been a dominant force. Uh, when he said told us that the back before the season started, he wanted to average twenty rebounds a game. We all, all rolled our eyes, and here he is at fifteen. <laughs> he had twenty eight rebounds in one game. So uh, he, he's trying really hard to get those twenty rebounds a game. That that's for sure. Uh, Mike, tell uh, tell the listeners where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can find you online for your coverage leading up to and after the game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Twitter at, at by Mike Wilson, B-Y Mike Wilson. Uh, and then we're at Goval's Extra at KnoxNews.com. They do a great job at the Knoxville News Sentinel covering all of Tennessee athletics, have for years and continue to do so. And Mike, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my colleague, friend, and UK basketball writer for the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com, Jerry Tipton. How's it going, Jerry? Hi, John. Yeah, doing well. That's good. Kentucky, Tennessee on Saturday, 1 o'clock start. I believe it is on ESPN. I'm looking at my schedule here. Yes, ESPN. Uh, Kentucky 3-1 and one in the SEC, Tennessee 2-2. Two and two. Let's talk first about uh, Kentucky and how they played lately. No severe Wheeler the last two games, but they beat Georgia and Vanderbilt fairly handily. Georgia at home, Vandy on the road. How, how do you think Kentucky's playing going into Saturday? Well, I mean, you know, you can't argue with success. Uh, like you say, they won those games. I think you could say, well, there's tougher competition coming. Uh, Vandy and Georgia has the worst NET consistently among SEC teams, and Vandy's, you know, in the lower half for sure. And uh, so is Missouri. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, sterner tests are coming. And you would think Tennessee would be sterner than those three. LSU was a good test. Uh, but anyway, I think they're doing well, you know, and uh, it'll be good, I think, at some point when Xavier Wheeler comes back to have the complete team again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, you know, they're uh, persevering. Is there anything more we can say about Oscar Shibway than we haven't already said to this point about the way he's playing? I know you have a story now on Kentucky.com where you talk to a couple of former great UK rebounders about uh, how Oscar is doing, especially in the rebounding category where he leads the nation. I mean, uh, I mean, are we just getting used to the fact that he's going to have a double-double every game and score a bunch of points and get a bunch of rebounds? Uh, well, yeah. The short answer is yes. <laughs> okay. We are used to that. We are conditioned to do that. And if he wasn't, uh, you know, if he doesn't grab double-figure rebounds, I think people would like uh, probably would overreact. Right. <laughs> but uh, but they would definitely take notice of it. And one thing I noticed, and it, it this is just a brief aside in, that I put in the story today, was that he had 13 rebounds at Vandy. And his uh, average for rebounds decreased <laughs> from 15-2 to 15-1. So I think that kind of captures the, the kind of rebounding performances that he's putting together. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Uh, there's been some talk about, okay, but what if Oscar gets in foul trouble? Or, you know, what if something happens to Oscar? Do they have the what, – what about the depth behind him? How do you feel about that? Well, I think it's uh, to be determined. I mean, I don't know how anybody could make a, a uh, conclusive uh, determination on that because, uh, you know, the guys behind him, Lance Ware and uh, uh, 
Collins, mm-hmm. Damian Collins, haven't really played. Right. You know, haven't played enough to where you could form a uh, uh, an opinion about how they're doing. Uh, you know how you how you think they could do, and nobody it, would put up what Oscar's putting up. I don't think. Right. And, I mean, uh, so you would think there would be a drop off of some sort. That's not an insult towards them. It's just sort of a paying tribute to what Oscar's doing. What about uh, Ty Ty Washington? I mean, he stepped in at the point guard with Severe out with his neck injury. Uh, we assume Severe will be back at some point, maybe Saturday. We don't know. They keep saying it's day to day. Any problem with Ty Ty going back to being the off guard? In uh, those two being able to, you know, uh, play like they did before Severe got hurt, or is that any kind of problem? Well, I, I would think the coaches would would be on the lookout. Yeah. In case, you know, they saw something that suggested, you know, they needed to address it. But those guys, I would say, those guys had played together. Right. And Ty uh, Ty had, you know, I mean, he's not just a shooter. Right. Even, you know, with Savir out there. So I think it's, it would just be all to the better when Savir comes back and they have them both out there. So, and as John Calipari likes to point out, he's, he's played as many as three guys at one right. time who considered themselves point guards. So, and, you know, and you could argue uh, that it, it kind of takes a little bit of the load off either one of them, Tai Tai or Savir, that they don't have to, it's, it's all on them right. to make the offense work. Yeah, I would argue that Davion Mintz, the way he has played the last few games, has really been a help because he is a guy you could feel in a point in a pinch. But he's also, I think he's a little more natural off the ball as an off the ball guard. And he's also somebody who can, I know he started the other night at Vanderbilt, but ordinarily with Severe back in the lineup, you know, come in off the bench, give him some scoring off the bench. I think he's an important piece going forward. What, what would you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a handy guy to have around shooting wise and also like you say he can handle the ball he can get them through a patch you know one thing i wonder about savir is uh, i think he's pretty good as a as a john calipari would like to say disrupting uh-huh. the other team or at least getting into their legs mm-hmm. he seems to be pretty tireless at uh pressuring the other team's point guard i guess kind of like how he got hurt mm-hmm. running blindly into the back pick there but uh and i don't know i don't I wonder if Ty Ty can put that same sort of uh, uh, pressure on the other team and tire them out. I asked John Calipari, as you know, about that after the Vandy game because they scored like what the last 14 points of the game, something right. like that. Right. And Kentucky went scoreless, and maybe uh, Vandy wasn't as worn down as uh, and if Savir had been in there. I, I don't know. Right. And he didn't say that. So maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's just coincidental. But the thought did cross my mind. No, and yeah, and I think it's uh, I think it's a logical thought. Uh, and Kentucky will be going up against a good point guard on Saturday uh, in Kennedy Chandler. So uh, I think you know if Severe is back, I think that would be helpful as far as you know, you, uh, especially with a freshman point guard playing on the road, what he could do defensively to disrupt to disrupt Chandler. Yeah, I think you know going forward the schedule gets tougher, right. as you know. And, uh, you know, they got to go to Auburn. That's that, that'll be a test. They got to go to Kansas. That will be a test. So I think, you know, I would think they they want to get healthy. They want to have all options on the table. 
Right. What, well, before we get to Tennessee specifically, what about the rest of the league? You mentioned Auburn uh, playing really well right now. I think they've won 12 in a row. They won at Alabama the other night on Tuesday. Alabama's dropped a couple of row. row. As you mentioned, Kentucky goes to Texas A&M next Wednesday. They're off to a 3-0 and start in the league. Anything surprised you so far about how the teams are playing in the SEC? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we going into the season, as you know, everybody was uh, talking about how good the SEC was going to be. And I know some of the coaches uh, put on their promotional hats <laughs> and said it was the, uh, you know, as best as it's ever been. And maybe that's true. I, I'm not disputing that. I just, we'll see. But I think, you know, they've got several teams ranked and uh, I don't know that there's any great surprise there. I think the teams that are up there, I mean, Alabama has kind of fallen back a little bit more than I, I was expecting. Uh, uh, and I, I should have, maybe I should have known that LSU would be this good. Uh, yeah. I thought they would be good. I didn't know they would be off to this kind of start with their net rating and all that. But right. no, I don't, I don't know. I, I, what do you think? I don't think there's that big a surprise so no. far. No, I'm a little surprised that LSU is as good as they've shown so far. I mean, they got some good wins right off the bat, and they're much better defensively than I thought they would be. They were so bad last year defensively. They were such an offensive-oriented team last year. Uh, Florida's off to an 0-3 start, but they played a really tough schedule coming out of the – you know, out of – I know they lost at home last night to LSU, uh, but they're off to kind of a rough start. Uh you know, and yeah. Arkansas surprised me. I thought they would be better. Now, I know they won last night. Missouri was awful. But uh, I thought they would be a, a little better. Um, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out with them. I may be wrong, but uh, I think Florida is, is 0-3, and right. uh, they've lost to the three ranked teams. Yeah, that's, that's right. So, you know. Yeah. And it's going to be tough. I, I think uh, people might not want to hear this, but I think Kentucky <laughs> might lose some more games. Oh, you can't and, be serious. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. No, but you know, because it's I a mean, tough it's, league. You know, it's not going to be a breeze. No. Let's put it that way. No, yeah, you wouldn't think. Yeah, Florida's lost to Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Yeah, all the three of those yeah. teams are ranked. You know. So, yes, very much so. They're at South Carolina on Saturday, so maybe they can uh, get a win. Uh, Kentucky plays Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, have you had much chance to see Tennessee, and what do you think of them so far? Well, I, I've watched them some, not a, not a lot, and I plan on watching. Uh, I've taped some games, and I plan on watching them. Uh before before the Saturday's game, uh, you know I think they've got some guys. Kennedy, as you said, Kennedy Chandler's a highly rated. Uh, as I was talking to Fran Priscilla today, the ESPN analyst. He he thinks he's going to be uh, a first round draft pick, a one and done player. And John Fulkerson's been around forever and a day. I believe right. this is his sixth season. It's correct. That is correct. Which is uh, pretty amazing in and of itself. Right. Uh, you know, I thought I was the only person that went to college six years, but I guess not. Uh, and that was before I, COVID. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking if I, if I stayed seven years, I could have got a degree. But, there you go. There you go. Uh, but, but they, you know, I, I think, you know, and Rick Barnes, the Tennessee coach, has been around the block. Mm -hmm. So, he, you know, I think he knows how to coach and right. uh, how to game plan and all that. So, I, you know, I would, I'm thinking it'll be a competitive game. What do you think Kentucky has to do in this game to beat Tennessee? Anything different than what they have to do in any other game? 
nothing that jumps out at me. I, I would want to, of course, uh, have Oscar be a real presence around the basket. And I'd like to get out and run as much as I could. I don't think Tennessee is shooting well. No, they're not. And so that suggests rebound, pitch out, and fast break. And uh, I think Kentucky would much prefer that kind of game, no matter who they're playing. Right. No, yeah, I agree. Tennessee said, I don't think they've uh, broken 70 points in their last four games. They've had some trouble shooting <clears throat> shooting the ball, uh, but they are good defensively. They're ranked well, as one of the top defensive yeah. teams. I think uh, Ken Palm has them, I think, number two behind LSU in, uh, in uh, defensive efficiency. So uh, from that matchup alone, Kentucky's been really uh, been a really good team offensively, so that matchup alone will make it an, an interesting game, uh, that's for sure. Uh, well, Jerry, we'll be there at Rupp Arena on Saturday unless snowmageddon, unless the big snow gets us. Hopefully it won't. Uh, but they, like I said, it's a 1 o'clock start on ESPN. Uh, Jerry, they can fo- everybody can follow you on Twitter at Jerry Tipton and all your coverage leading up to the game, during the game, and after the game. Um, anything else? Am I leaving anything out about Saturday's game? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, as you know, very happy. It's an early afternoon game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, as we mentioned before, it's a stretch of three very tough games. and should be very interesting games to see where this Kentucky team stands right now. Because as we said, we got Tennessee on Saturday. They go to Texas A&M on Wednesday and then at Auburn next Saturday. So I think we're all looking forward to this three-game stretch. Well, Jerry, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks as always. Thank you, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clyde Podcast. Thanks again to my guests, Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel and Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader. As I said before, it's a 1 o'clock start on Saturday at Rupp Arena between Kentucky and Tennessee. ESPN has the telecast. We have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. Be sure and check out my sidelines blog for the live update, score, commentary, a Twitter feed that you'll get all of that on my on my uh, blog on the John Clay Sidelines blog, so be sure and check that out. Thanks to everybody who supports the podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Thanks to everybody who leaves a rating and review that just helped get the word out there about the podcast. We appreciate it. Be sure and look for our coverage of Kentucky, Tennessee on Saturday. And thanks again for listening to the John Clay Podcast.